Hello, friends, and welcome to Something to Talk About, a podcast where different women come together to talk about the Word of God and the various ways it applies to our lives. This season, we are talking about the book of Psalms and the steadfast love of God. We've been exploring the intricacies of God's covenant love for His people and learning what it means to pour out our hearts to Him. I'm Amber Barrett, and joining Aaron and me in conversation today are Judy Downs and Julie Wiggins. And Judy's going to start us off by telling us a little bit about how she and Julie know one another. Well, Julie and I have known each other in various situations throughout the last probably 30 years. Okay. Um, she was my two children's third grade teacher. Mm-hmm. And for about six years, Julie and I led, co-led a particular intensive small group women's Bible study which is pretty intense. And um, after we finished doing that together, we continued meeting once a month while we both worked and when our schedules allowed once a week to pray or study a book together. Uh, In our relationship, I tend to be the brooding Batman (laughs) figure and Julie uh, tends to be the Mary Poppin Pollyanna (laughs) figure. Outside of marriage, Julie is probably the next person who knows my deepest known sins to include sins against her, yet she still hangs in there with me. Oh, I love that. That's a great introduction. (laughs) It is. Thank you. Judy and Julie. If we get you messed up today and we say Julie in place of Judy or Judy in place of Julie, you will forgive us, right? (laughs) Absolutely. Oh, I love that. All right. So let's move on to our first things first question. And both of you will be able to give a little bit more of an introduction on yourselves. And the first things first question is what is the first recipe you look forward to making when the weather turns cool? And Judy, you get to kick us off again. Yeah. I love making turkey soup after Thanksgiving. That's probably my first recipe I make. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it because I can throw in just a bunch of things. Very difficult to mess up that recipe, which is why I really like it. <laughs> and then it makes so much that you can have it for months later. You can give it to your neighbors. It's just a great recipe for me to start my fall with. Yeah. What else do you put in it besides turkey? Um, actually I save all of the juices from Mm -hmm. the vegetables that I've either steamed or, or done anything with. I throw in all of my vegetables that have been hanging around that I froze or something like that. And, um, my husband is gluten intolerant. So I have to put in rice versus any type of noodles. Okay. Yum. So yum. Sounds totally tasty. Okay. And then go ahead and tell us a little bit more about who you are. I am... Um, a mother of two grown children and a grandmother of one six-year-old. I am married for, I think, our 40th wedding anniversary was last summer. That's amazing. And as a profession, I started out as a physical education teacher, kindergarten through fifth grade. And then I came up to Augusta actually to go to their physical therapy school. So now I am a physical therapist. The majority of my career as a physical therapist has been in the home health arena. So I have been to a lot of homes in Augusta over the years and also in the Aiken area. But just recently, last July, I changed to a remote job and now I am one of their trainers for their new hires. Oh, very cool. Okay. And where do you do that? Where do you do the training? I get to do it from home. From home. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's great. All right, Julie, how about you? Um, I'm Julie Wiggins. I'm married to Skip, and we have three adult children, all married, and um, six grandchildren. I'm a former lower school teacher. Um, As Judy mentioned, I got to teach her kids and and many children from this, from the church. Um, I love having time now to um, visit with other women uh, during the day, especially my, um, Judy and I would always meet 
after work and be dragging in together. So it's a treat to have time mm-hmm. during the day mm-hmm. to visit with women. Um, I love to read and especially love time to study God's word. Mm. And hand out a spoonful of sugar to make the medicine go down, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, We're talking about the first recipe that what came to mind was chili. Um, In fact, I just made it the first time it got cool a few weeks ago. And I love making it early in the day, putting it in the crock pot and smelling it all day long. Mm. And then um, in the evening, having it with hot buttery cornbread. Mm. So that combination is a favorite. And I thought about this. It's part of my history. My mom used to always make chili. That was a a comfort food for us. Mm -hmm. And um, when our family gets together still, we're making chili. So it's great. I just made some chili last night. It was not great. So I want your recipe. <laughs> I think the first thing I make when it's fall, and I granted I make this year round, but something about like you were talking about the nostalgia that comes with recipes. Um, I remember a lot, spending a lot of time with my grandmother's growing up and she would make sweet potatoes in jackets and you could just smell it, the caramelization on the pan, like she would bake it and then leave it in the oven and just get it nice and caramelly on the bottom. It was one of my favorite childhood Treats? Can we call it a treat as a vegetable? I you guess. can call it a treat kind of. if you want to. <laughs> it has vitamins. <laughs> um, but now still is one of my favorite fall time slash year round foods. Get the house cozied up with a good smell and the warm oven. So good. My husband would love that because mm-hmm. he loves sweet potatoes. So good. And I'm not really a sweet potato fan, but and I don't know if I've heard it called sweet potato in jackets before. Oh, like in the in the yeah yeah peel. in the peel yeah yeah. But I didn't know that was the way to um, no dress up and that. stuff. I'll dress up and stuff and caramely. <laughs> exactly. It does sound tasty. exactly. Well, I'm with y'all in, in the fact that it just fall it definitely is cozy, cozy food time. And I grew up with my mom making all sorts of different kinds of soups. So I like a wide variety of soups. And what my husband likes, though, when fall comes around, he always asks for is pumpkin something, pumpkin mm. bread. I made a pumpkin coffee cake the other day and we liked that. Uh, I'm not super great baker, so I'm always really pleased when that turns out well. But there is <laughs> something about October, November something pumpkin bread ish Mm -hmm. um so i do that and do soups as well and i think we could all agree that the thought of tasty food can actually cause our mouths to water which proves that what we think has a very real effect not only on our minds but on our entire selves and in our psalm for today the psalmist is speaking of something that once grasped with our minds causes our souls to respond with adoration, the kind of adoration that brings us to our knees. And so what is it that's capable of stirring up this kind of response in us? Psalm 103 tells us it is the steadfast love of the Lord. And if you haven't read this Psalm, Psalm 103 for yourself, we encourage you to hit the pause button and do that now, because reading about the steadfast love of God for yourself You'll get so much more out of what we have to say if you do. Now, Psalm 103, if you look at how it is put together, constructed, it's bookended by the exhortation that the psalmist is giving to himself, bless the Lord. And bless, if you think about what that word means, it does mean to adore on bended knee. Verses one and two of this psalm establish this theme and the personal and lavishly grateful tone in which it is expressed. Oh, my soul. Forget not all his benefits. I love how it says, who forgives all of your iniquity, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you uh, with loving kindness. And verses three through 19 go on to describe those benefits in more detail, the Lord's deeds, his character towards the children of man, and in particular towards his covenant people. Then verses 20 through 22 
bring it all back together and end again with that bless the Lord exhortation, which includes but extends beyond the personally grateful tone and moves into all places of the Lord's dominion. So, but before we talk today, which we're going to do about all the beautiful attributes of God, I think it's good to note that verses one through two also give us a helpful corrective towards what would be a natural human tendency, which is forgetting all of the Lord's benefits. That's why the psalmist says to his soul, forget not all of the Lord's benefits. So ladies, when do y'all find that you're prone to forgetting the benefits that come from the Lord? And in that time, what are you remembering instead? I always forget the benefits of the Lord or the benefits that come from the Lord. Every time I put me first, Mm. I think of myself first. I think of my plans. I think of my schedule and I have the timing of this question was perfect. Um, this past Sunday, um, a friend asked me to help her in a ministry that she participates in every Monday. I looked at her and in my mind, I was reviewing my plans for Monday, my thoughts. But unfortunately, I think she probably read on my face. No way. I did not mean to convey this to her or offend her, but we were interrupted before either of us could follow up with the conversation. Why didn't I just say, sure, let's talk about it. Mm. But I didn't. I was thinking of me and my. Um, God brought this back to my mind and uh, later in the week, and I contacted this friend. I apologized. I asked her to forgive me for making a face and not responding <laughs> in a welcoming way. Mm-hmm. And she was so very gracious. However, my forgetting the benefits that come from the Lord meant that I missed time with her, mm-hmm. that good that God promises to satisfy us with. Her kind response to me was very convicting. Um, no worries, she said. I would have loved getting to know you better. Yeah, we'll do it next time. I need help. The benefits of the Lord. God satisfies me with good. This includes sweet times with the sister in Christ. Hmm. That's convicting to me, too. I'm the same. Just where you said that it has to do with me and my. And Hmm. yes, I naturally (laughs) default to hold on. Can I? Should I? Will I? Yeah, I default to me first, too. So, yeah, I'm with you. What about you, Judy? Mine is a very similar one. I forget the Lord's benefits as soon as something doesn't go my way that I really think I deserve. Mm. As Kurt Thompson put in his book, Anatomy of the Soul, when I am tricked, it's because I believed that reality was about to unfold in one way, only to find it unfolding quite differently and in an emotionally distressing way. That's when I forget the Lord's benefits. At that time, I go back to thinking God owes me something because I've been, I don't know, making good choices, sacrificing for him, performing well, whatever is in that. Or I can even think opposite thoughts, but with the same underlying incorrect theology. I must have done something wrong to deserve this. I must have been a bad mother. I didn't speak out for the Lord enough at work. I didn't give enough time or money to the church. Therefore, I am being punished for my my poor performance. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All of that definitely resonates with me as well. And I think that when things are going amazing, like you remember how awesome the Lord is and there is that lavish gratitude that you were talking about, Amber, and it is easy and natural to bless the Lord. And when things are really hard and you're desperate and there's no one to cry out to but the Lord, I feel like those are moments, both of those are when the veil is thin and you're just dependent and in communion with the Lord in a unique way. 
And it's that in between where it's just like I can be self-sustaining or um, figure this out on my own or like you were talking about, Judy, just get in performance mode and forget that indeed I am dependent on the Lord. I do need these benefits that he's promised. Um, I need them and I want them. And it's um, when we get into that uh, I can do this all by myself mode. I don't know. I mean, I've got a toddler, so I think in that way. And it's, yeah, it's just full of foolishness that we can go about our life in a way that's meaningful without the Lord and his benefits. So we see in those uh, first few verses, verses three through five, um, the psalmist begins to list out all his benefits that God forgives, he heals, he redeems, he crowns, he satisfies. And then in six through 12, we see that he's expressing the type of mercy we see that God displays to his people in Exodus 33. And that takes place right after the Israelites have sinned by creating and worshiping golden calf. So Kathleen Nielsen explains that Moses intercedes for them and God has mercy. He even reveals himself further to Moses in all of his glory, speaking the words of Psalm 103, verse 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, which is one of the most quoted verses throughout the whole Bible. And I love that you can see even in these Old Testament passages that God's people have always known the salvation before that the fullness of Christ was revealed to them, that they knew these benefits of his salvation. So what about God's actions displayed in Exodus and in Psalm 103 surprised, challenged, or delighted you? I think for me, his actions of radical forgiveness delighted, but also humbled me. Mm -hmm. They delighted me because the extent of his forgiveness sets me free beyond anything that position, security, or the need to be accepted can even come close to. But it also humbled me because I did not deserve it, nor could I have done anything to attain it. And yet I still experienced the full depth and joy of being forgiven. I love that. We were talking um, the other night about this. Do you remember what you said? The word that you used, the freedom word. We were talking, you were saying that you were delighted because of just the freedom that we have in Christ Mm. because of of his, um, of his forgiveness is always forgiveness. Oh, it was, okay. You remember the movie Braveheart? Yeah. You know, when his, he was being tortured and he cries out freedom. That's yes. what freedom. I was talking yeah. about. Yeah. There was that yeah. picture. On the mic. Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, it was a great picture for me as we were talking the other night. I confess I knew Judy was going to hit the delighted part. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I thought and, and just meditated some on being surprised and challenged. And so I am surprised and challenged by God's merciful forgiveness and the extent to which he forgives me as far as the East is from the West. This is especially true, I think, when I struggle with the same sins over yeah. and over again. When I find myself again living in works righteousness instead of God's am- amazing grace. You know, wanting the right answers in Bible study, wondering, mm-hmm. worrying if I've prepared enough for whatever mm-hmm. God has called me to do. Then there are those superior moments when I think, mm, aren't I a great mom, <laughs> wonderful grand, loving wife, a fantastic friend, just because I'm willing to do something that maybe inconveniences me a little. God in his kindness shows me my sin. I ask him to help me recognize it sooner and ask for forgiveness more quickly. Psalm 103 states that God works righteousness in me. He is abounding in steadfast love for me. He does not deal with me according mm. to my sins. I believe it. I accept it. I tell others about it. Yet I find myself sometimes surprised and challenged Mm -hmm. by his steadfast love Mm -hmm. and merciful forgiveness. Mm -hmm. It is shocking that we don't get what we deserve because we know that that's 
the way that we deal with one another a lot, that we fail to show that grace and mercy that we've known. So you're right. It is surprising that our God is that good. Yeah. Well, and I think of the account where the Lord says that in Exodus, and there's a lot of judgment that went on as well, you know, as the Lord is giving before the Lord gives those words and, and as Moses is interceding and there isn't sort of a covering over of the Israelite right. sin, like, no, no big deal. Steadfast love abounding, you know, just patience. It's not that, but it's that he steps into that judgment for us. I mean, if you go back and read that account, it, it's, 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 it's tough in some ways. And you realize that the Lord grants that love because of his intercession for us, not really because of Moses's, although Moses did intercede for the people, then it's not that, but what he knew he would do in Christ, how he knew he would absorb that judgment for us is what we can bank on to say there really isn't anything. There's nothing that that doesn't cover. And yeah, it is pretty shocking. And, you know, I think what else is sort of surprising to me is how this verse talks about the fact that God looks at us with compassion, like a father. And how he knows our weakness, our weak frame, how we are like grass and flowers that the wind blows and then we're gone and our place remembers us no more. I was thinking about that this morning. Like, I really won't be remembered. Maybe by my kids and maybe hopefully by my kids (laughs) and maybe by their kids, but probably not by their kids. And that's a short period of time. And yet it compares that to the never ending steadfast love of the Lord and that 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 never fades. And so I just was thinking as the Lord does look down with compassion on the fleeting lives of his children, his children look up at his steadfast love and his righteousness with a proper fear. And by fear just means that reverent awe. And it may almost surprise us that the culmination of Psalm 103 is verse 19. It brings it all these wonderful attributes together And it says, the Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Like that's the pinnacle of all the Lord's benefits is his absolute rule over all. Now, did that surprise y'all is the culmination of this psalm or how do you think it provides a fitting climax? Did it surprise you? Did you find it fitting? Verse 19 might surprise me as the culmination of this whole psalm, if I was doubtful or questioning Mm -hmm. the truth of the earlier verses. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know God is the one true God and we are not. He's the ruler of all of us. We're not the rulers. We are only some of his subjects. God is so much bigger and more than my human brain can comprehend. Of course, he's on his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. Mm. Um, I do think it provides a fitting climax for this psalm, because when the psalmist states that God is on his throne and he rules over all, he's saying that there's nothing that can hinder the accomplishment of his will. Mm-hmm. It will it will yeah. be done. Mm-hmm. So all of his promises are yes and amen. Mm. What do you think, Judy? I, I was surprised uh, by the climax being uh, verse 19 because of what you just said, yeah. Amber, mm-hmm. uh, because of, of us being like grass. Uh, like the flower of the field where the wind blows it away and it's not and it's just not remembered. That totally goes against our spoken and unspoken expectations from the culture of this world. Mm-hmm. What I imagine is God ruling over 
oh, what we see in history films where the armies of Hitler are going before him and you see the strength Mm. or you think of strong economical cities and governments with a secure personal bank account yourself, which shows power. This Mm. cultural expectation is even in our even in our churches. Those who are talented, accomplished, articulate, good thinkers have chosen well are silently or vocally viewed as the godly and the blessed ones. Mm. So for me to see God even wanting to establish his goal in heaven and his kingdom ruling over us amazes me. It surprises me. It's not the climax I would have expected. Yet it is a fitting climax because it demands that either one thinks God is totally crazy or he deserves full worship. There's just no in between. Yeah. And do you mean by the totally crazy, like why would he contend with the sons of man? Like what are we to him that he would even? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking about it as how we don't, our culture doesn't really like to have a sovereign over us. And so that thought of that, you could be surprising, like of all the benefits to have a sovereign. But I love what you're saying is that, wow, it's how self-centered or how, I don't know, misplaced grandiose thoughts does our culture have to think, well, we don't want a sovereign. When you're saying, what would he want to do with us? That's what's surprising mm-hmm. to you about that. And yeah, I hadn't thought about it that way. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's a good look at that other side of the coin. And I think the part of the uh, reason it's so shocking is that we've known no other ruler like that. All the rulers or government officials or parents or whatever that we've encountered have been imperfect rulers and governance over us. And so to look at God and see, all right, you've got all these incredible benefits that you are merciful to us, even though that you know that we are dust. It is other. It is completely other category. And I think that's part of the reason that um, we love him is because that he is uniquely fitting for uh, our worship. So as we think about Jesus and how he's fulfilled this psalm, like the lights are on for us now. We can see like as we read that through this, this is our salvation story. So how do we see Psalm 103 beautifully unfold for the richness of God's blessing given to us in Christ? Well, for us today, it's because of Christ that we can even know the richness of God's blessings of forgiveness. And Psalm 103 is not complete in its picture of forgiveness without Christ. Uh, Christ has allowed a way for our transgressions to be removed from us as far as the East is from the West. But I also like the part where the Spirit of God is in his people praising and worshiping as a response to his love and forgiveness. Mm -hmm. So not only do we see Christ, but we see the other third part of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. We see God the Father with his children. We see Christ allowing us a way to be forgiven. And the Spirit, which is our response Mm -hmm. to praise him for who he is. Mm Even giving us that heart to desire to be under his righteous rule, giving us that heart that fills us with worship for him. Yeah, that's only a gift of the Spirit. Along those very same lines, uh, the very first verse, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Well, all that is within me is the Holy Spirit is what causes those praises and those blessings to come out. It's not something that I probably could do on my own without it. And, um, And that is just such a sweet thing for me. Um, I kind of went through the chapter verses 3 through 12 or that long list of God's many benefits and they're all manifested in Jesus either in his life or in his death or in his resurrection. We see them as he deals with the people on earth as well as what he's doing for us today. God's steadfast love is mentioned four times in Psalm 103. Um, His great steadfast love to us is demonstrated in our union with Christ. When God looks at me he sees Jesus. 
In Ephesians, Paul writes that we are blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing, more of God's benefits. Um, In verse 19, David writes, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens and his kingdom rules over all. David believed it was true when he wrote it. This looks forward to Jesus sitting at the right hand of God after his ascension and ultimately ruling all when he comes again with the new heaven and the new earth. Hmm. I was thinking of that too, Julie, like it's his good pleasure to pursue us like our own testimony, our own lives in the Bible account, the God's word is full of stories of how we don't know what is good for us. We don't pursue what is good for us. We don't even know how to desire that. And that's what you're, I think, talking about in Exodus, Amber, is that without the Lord, we're surely going astray and broken. And he is his good pleasure to come and restore us. And he has um, conquered that rule and is at the right hand of the Father, and it's his good pleasure to bring us back to that garden goodness of where he is once more heaven with earth, the transcendent amongst his created. No one is like that, Judy. You were talking about at the beginning that no one is like the Lord. It's a beautiful thing to remember. Hmm. Amen. Makes you want to say, bless the Lord, oh my my soul, (laughs) doesn't it? Judy and Julie, thank you for talking with Amber and me today. Listeners, if you want to see the pretty faces of our guests, check out our Women's Bible Study Facebook page at Women's Bible Study FPCA or find us on Instagram at First Prize Augusta Women. We'd love for you to join us again next week. Take us as you hide in the pantry while you eat your children's fall festival candy. (laughs) Who does that? (laughs) Save me the Reese cups. Or while you sit outside and watch the leaves fall with your favorite cup of tea. We will be sitting down with Leslie and Georgie next week to talk about songs. Psalms 119 and the beautiful things it has to say about the Word of God. We hope you'll listen in. Sometimes a light surprises the Christian wife she sees. It is the Lord who rises. With healing in his wings When comforts are declining He grants the soul again A season of clear shining To cheer it after the rain 